0: Welcome into the Patrick Johnson Show, everybody, as we have had some technical difficulties and we're not on air, so we found out earlier. We apologize for that, but it seems like we've got it all worked out now. Um, guess we uh, decided to take our New Year's holiday a little early here, at least on the technological side. But I am Philip Pilkington and Ben Byron and I are filling in for the P-Man today. We have Chill Phil across the way. How are you guys doing uh, on this Friday, New Year's Eve, 18 minutes late.
1: Well, I'm feeling a whole lot better now that we're on air, so (laughs) just ready to live up the new year here. It's kind of nice to see that a group of five school is playing in a college football playoff game, despite the fact that maybe the play calling hasn't been the best on offense. Nonetheless, exciting times are living in when it comes to college football, and I'm just happy to be here watching this game. Chill, now that we're all settled in, are you feeling a little better over there? Yeah, I'm
2: good, guys. I'm all feeling good and just excited for the New Year's, man. It's New Year's. It's
0: New Year's. And his Packers, by the way, just got handed, you know, a late Christmas present. I don't know what to say because they don't have to play against Kirk Cousins Sunday night.
1: I think that's a bad thing, though, for them. You think so? The fact that Kirk Cousins is really bad in prom games. <laughs> that is true. They, was just, they were going to basically hand him that game, and now who knows who's the backup for the Vikings He might come in and be super clutch and have a point to prove, a chip on his shoulder. You don't know quite what you're screaming for in that game. So, I don't know. I think your Packers are in trouble there, Chill Phil. At least I like to think so. I don't think so deep down.
2: but I think it's all good. We always find a way, man. I like Matt LaFleur. He's doing great this year. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure he's staying. Everything's going to be all right, man. Nah, he's
1: retiring, brother. He's not retiring. He's He's leaving. He's leaving. He's ready to get out of there. Now, I guess the big question is who's starting for the Vikings? Is it going to be Kellen Mund? Is it going to be uh, Sean Mannion, who's been kind of a backup for a few years now? I mean, I don't know quite who you scheme for. Or are they going to take the Carolina Panthers approach or the Giants approach, where you kind of rotate quarterbacks during the game, which has not worked for anybody this year so far. So it'll be interesting to see how that game goes down and how the Green Bay's kind of prepared for it and how they scheme for it.
0: It will. But uh, speaking of that, that's craziness. We had technical craziness here. Been more craziness going on today. As I explained earlier when we were off air, the Sun Bowl didn't have any sun. It rained. The Gator Bowl featured a 5-7 and seven team in Rutgers who got throttled by Wake. There was some wonky play calling in that one. And here we sit right now, college football playoff. A team in the American is playing First group of five team to ever make it, and Cincinnati is down seventeen to three at half, and they will get the ball to start the second half. But the bigger reason might be because they're not running the football. Jerome Ford only five carries for twenty three yards.
1: Yeah, when they were down seventeen to three and they got the ball back with a minute and a half left before the uh, before halftime, there I thought, all right, at the very least you can run the ball see what you got in the run game. You don't have to force anything, especially in this game, because you get the ball back after coming out of halftime. So just stick with the run, see what you got, see if you can get down the field. And at the very least, you run the clock out, you go to halftime, you readjust, and you find out what you're going to do when you get the ball back Come out of the half. But he didn't get a single carry during that drive there. They just kept trying to force the pass game. And it hasn't been working as Desmond Ritter is 8 for 17. That's a 47% completion percentage for 59 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Meanwhile, Alabama's looking like an SEC school playing a group of five team as their running back has over 130 yards on 17 carries. And their quarterback, the Heisman uh, finalist there, the Heisman winner Bryce Young, now has a uh, 60% completion percentage for 130 passing yards and two touchdowns. So the deficit on the stat sheet is quite glaring, and Cincinnati needs to stop overthinking it and get something going here coming out of the half.
0: Well, and some of those stats are a little misleading. I think Cincy's defense has really done a good job against the pass. One of those touchdowns was an 8-yard touchdown on the first drive, yep. which was an 11-play drive, and there's only one pass attempt.
1: Yep,
0: Bama ran the ball down their throat, and then there on that final drive of the half, Bama threw the ball pretty well. But other than that, I think the Cincy corners – uh, Gardner and Bryant have done a heck of a job and done what they need to do. Yeah. The Bama passing attack looked a little iffy early, but now it seems almost as Cincinnati went so into stopping the run there because they struggled with it so much. It kind of opened up some stuff in the Bama passing game. And, uh, you just hope Cincinnati can keep this one respectable and close. Cause right now, like I said, down two scores, half a football to play, but it, uh, you know, they come out there and go three and out, and then let up a tutty here to start second half, and that could be about that.
1: And absolutely. And what's kind of important to remember is that this game, if Cincinnati wins, we don't get any extra money. I mean, it's all the same whether they win or lose. So, at the very least, I mean, it, it, you could root for Cincinnati, you can root against them. I don't care. We're still getting the same amount of money. Who cares? When which it comes bad uh, that if you're an ECU fan,
0: which kind of stinks because we're out of a lot of money. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to play. The, hey, hey, let it be known. It seems like the only bowl games I think that we've played have been against— No, Tulsa didn't play
1: an SEC school.
0: But it seems like all the others have played SEC schools.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Because Auburn didn't cancel against Houston. Nope. But every other American game, other than the Tulsa game—
1: UCF played Florida.
0: Oh, UCF Mm -hmm. played Florida, yeah. But you had the SMU game get canceled, the Memphis game get canceled, our game get canceled. So only SEC schools are willing to play the American. And uh, we can see why here, but— Everybody else needs to quit wimping out. Dang.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the American still leads in bowl game wins. And I think I saw a stat today where in a game where a group of five school played a power five school, the group of five school was not lost yet this year in a bowl game. So that's definitely that, – that all the more reason to expand the playoffs and give these group of five schools a chance. Uh, yes, you can argue the fact, well, these bigger teams, when they play in these smaller bowl games against these smaller schools – a lot of their big starters are going to sit out for the draft or sit out for next year. They're not going to take it seriously. Yeah, I get that point, but you can't deny UCF and Florida was a pretty close game, and there weren't a guy, a lot of guys sitting out for Florida in that game. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple examples like that where it's undeniable that the group of five schools have clearly just been better so far in these bowl games.
0: No, They definitely have. And, well, hey, I mean, we saw, even though this was two Power 5 teams last night, Pitt was on their third-string quarterback, and they still played well. So it's not like these big-time schools can't play well if they're not, you know, without starters. So
1: oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Anyways, we will get into more college later as this second half starts. We'll kind of give you a you know a play-by-play ish of what's going on if you're in your car right now and you, uh, you know, you're probably if you're sitting at home, you're probably uh, watching the games right now and not listening to us. So we'll let you guys know if you're in your car what goes on. When play resumes right now, said it's still uh, a halftime down in Dallas or Fort Worth or Arlington or wherever heck that stadium is.
1: Um, I think it's not important.
0: (laughs) But one thing we wanted to get into today is the finalists were announced for the NFL Hall of Fame class of 2022. Left off the list, Carolina Panther great Steve Smith. Ben has some opinions and stats on why he thinks that should – gone Smitty's way, and then one Panther great and legend, Sam Mills, is a finalist, so that is good news here in Panther country.
1: Yeah, I mean, I found a stat here. When you compare the wide receivers that did get through and got in and Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, and uh, Torrey Holt, and then you look at Steve Smith and you compare their sat- stats all side by side, I think only one wide receiver is ahead of him in touchdowns, and it's only by one and more games played. So, I mean, I Steve Smith, I think, has more receiving yards than them. He has more catches than them. And uh, I just I, I don't get it. Stat-wise, it makes all the sense in the world that Steve Smith should get through. Some people are arguing, um, why would Steve Smith get through, or why would Steve Smith not get through and Devin Hester do get through? Well, first of all, they're not putting Devin Hester in as a wide receiver. They're more so looking at his return specialist abilities. And when you're talking about return specialist, Gibby he argued he's top three all time, if not the GOAT of that position. So he easily deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when it comes to that aspect. If you're the very best, if you're the GOAT at your position or a particular uh, position on the field, I think you deserve to get in first ballot. So we can't argue that Devin Hester case right there.
0: So, this is foreshadowing, but there's only one true kicker in the league. Does that mean you think
1: Justin Tucker
0: is a for sure Hall of Famer? And I don't want both y'all's thoughts on this since we got, we, got, we got two other people in the studio. And I know this was Ben's point, so I want you to, to build off your point of the GOAT, but I want Chill's take on this too. Is, is, is Tucker, whenever he retires, a Hall of Famer?
2: Absolutely, he is. Why wouldn't he be, man? He's got the record, he's countless game winning field goals. He is he's the
1: GOAT of kickers. Yeah, I mean, he's got it all. He was on the All-Decades team. I mean, he's got the Pro Bowls. He's got the All-Pros. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's got the records. I mean, if you were to put two kickers in the Hall of Fame without a doubt, if you could only choose two, it would be him and Vinatieri, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, arguably those two are kind of debatable as to whether, whether one or the other is the GOAT at that position. So, yeah, Justin Tucker for sure is a first ballot Hall of Famer And he's still playing. We're talking about like he's retired. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's without a doubt Justin Tucker, yeah, first ballot.
0: No, I agree. I do. Because I agree with you. If you're the best at your position, regardless of how important people think your position is, you should be in. Yep. However, and I do also agree with you that a lot of people think it's between him and Vinatieri for the GOAT. Yep. But I'm going to disagree with those people because here's the thing. if You look at every stat, like career percentage over 50 yards.
1: yeah.
0: Career percentage over 60 yards makes. All that stuff. He's way better than Vinatieri. The reason why Vinatieri gets the uh, gets a little nod for the GOAT conversation is because we all know big players make big plays in big moments, yeah. but Tucker didn't have to kick a game-winning field goal in that Super Bowl, and uh, obviously the only person to do it twice is Adam Vinatieri, so I think that's kind of what gives him the nod. But I'm not going to say Vinatieri doesn't deserve to be in. I say if you're going to put two in, you got to put him in as well, because like you said, he some people Put him in the goat conversation, and he, uh, what he did in Super Bowl 36 and Super Bowl 38, unfortunately, uh, you, you can't, you can't argue it.
1: Yeah, I think I don't want to get into goat kicker debate here, but I'm gonna to lean towards Marvin just because he had the bigger moments, he had the more clutch kicks, which is what you want from your kicker. But they're very comparable, they're very even. Um, I probably shouldn't bring up Super Bowl rings when it comes to these two guys. I'm just. I should probably look at more so playing ability, and if you're talking about pure talent and leg power, Justin Tucker for sure, but just the moments that Adam Vinatieri had, the clutch kicks that he had, clutch kicks we're talking in weather, we're talking indoors, outdoors. Single-handedly won Super Bowls with those kicks. I mean, yeah, I'm personally going to lean towards more Adam Vinatieri. You look at his body of work, he did it over two decades, so – when yeah.
0: you say outdoors, you're uh, referring to the Tuck rule game, the kick that should have never happened. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, Dumb NFL rule book. At the very least, yeah. I mean, he did it over a large period or a long period of time. He's got the kicks. He's got the moments. He's got the signature moments. He's got the accolades. I'm more so a Vinatieri guy, but I could see it either way. It's not going to get to the point where I'm going to get heated or whether you think one or the other.
0: No, I agree. I agree. But, um, so, well, we tried to do this earlier, but we'll redo it now that we're live. We do need to do a pirate report today. Your pirate report is brought to you by Acre Station. Local grown pork, beef, and fr- fresh and smoked sausage. Acre Station Meat Farm, Highway 32 in Pinetown. Also by Doug Henry Chevrolet and Buick GMC of Farmville and Doug Henry Ford of Aden. You paid more if you didn't get yours at Doug Henry. Two things in the Pirate Report today. It is official. The basketball game, men's basketball game for tomorrow that was supposed to be at South Florida has been postponed due to COVID issues in the Pirate program. Feel like a broken record saying that because we said that all last year around this time when it comes to Pirate basketball. And then secondly, one we can actually talk about a little more because nobody wants to talk about COVID anyways, is um, Slade Roy, the long snapper, who did a really good job this year, unfortunately – well, it's fortunate he did a good job, but unfortunately LSU thought he did a good enough job to uh yep. to steal him from us. So yeah, see
1: you, Slade. And you can't be too upset about that. If any player at ECU, despite the fact we're turning a corner and we're getting ready to go into uh, consistently going to bowl games, it seems like under Coach Houston, if any player gets a chance to go to a bigger school, especially a SEC level school with a pedigree and history and tradition of LSU. I mean, you got to take it, especially at the long snapper position. I would think if you're a college football player at the D1 level and you're a starter, you have aspirations to go pro. And uh, there's not a lot of opportunity when you're a long snapper to, like, get a chance to go to the NFL or get a look. And the best chance you have is going to these bigger schools like LSU. So I can't fault him for that. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll congratulate him for it. And uh, he did a lot of good things for us. Can't be upset. Congratulations, Slade.
0: Yeah, no, you're right, because there are only 32. And unlike Kicker, it's not like one gets cut every week. And, you know, not saying long snappers can't get hurt making a tackle on punch, but it doesn't happen very often. But not
1: only that, you look at the Kickers or the long snappers that are in the NFL right now. I can bring up two there on the Panthers roster. One went to Notre Dame, the other went to Alabama. A few others on the list I'm looking at here. I'm looking at Baylor, I'm looking at Rutgers, despite the fact Rutgers is not like this marquee. School when it comes five. to the Power Five, they still a Power Five and they have three long snappers in the NFL. So I think that deserves an exemption there. I'm looking at another one who went to Tennessee. So most of these guys go to these Power Five schools, whether it's on the SEC level, the ACC, whatever the case may be. So uh, I can't fault him there. He just wants to get some more looks, some more eyes, and play, and quite frankly, some more meaningful ball games.
0: Yeah, that is true. Some meaningful ball games in which he loses probably to Alabama. Who, <laughs> right yeah. now, as we mentioned, is beating Cincinnati at the halftime break, seventeen to three. We believe that a uh, second half will be starting momentarily. Of course, you never can tell because college football halftime is way too long. Who's the Indiana. halftime
1: show this year for the Cotton Bowl?
0: Uh, I don't even think they do it. Like, I mean, they probably have something for the fans, but it's yeah. not like they're going to broadcast it on TV like they do. Uh, oh, they're showing Times Square. Looks like everybody's already. <laughs> This, In Times Square, yeah. ready for that ball to drop. Good to see everybody back, because they didn't let people stand on the sidewalks last year. And you we, might
1: give somebody COVID for standing on the sidewalk well, now. Well, we just find out Ryan Seacrest is the halftime show, and we're already <laughs> off to a great start here.
0: <laughs> he's hanging out. He's uh he's doing uh, Dick Clark's Rock and New Year's Eve. Uh, tonight, so that's, uh, tune in with him. I couldn't imagine being, everybody's having to wear a mask outside. Does
1: this this wow. his face always look like that? What, yeah. a, what an annoying, punchable face. <laughs> that's horrible, man. <laughs> don't you don't enjoy <laughs> hearing him say,
0: back in the day, hearing him say, this is American Idol.
1: No. I mean I mean I think he's pretty uh replaceable or flexible when it comes to American Idol. Anybody could have done that role and I would have not have cared. It doesn't make or break the show.
0: No, I know. He was just signature, <laughs> but
1: we do need to get to another break right here, so when we come back,
0: we'll have more thoughts on the college football playoff and uh, keep you updated on what is going on with that
3: game. Online or on the go. Love it. To our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you
4: are at any time. It's the holidays. What will you cook for your family this year to make your meal special? If you want the best, you need to make the short drive to Acre Station. Acre Station is where you'll find the freshest quality meats for your family this year. Acre Station has a great selection of prime rib and beef tenderloin, perfect for your holiday table. Also dry salted corned hams acre station smoke tenderized hams and don't forget the breakfast table your family's eyes will light up when they realize you're serving them acre station's homemade fresh sausage it's the best you can get anywhere because it's processed right on the property acre station is a family business and they love serving the families of eastern carolina year round but especially during the holidays the folks at acre station wish you the most blessed and merry christmas ever and they thank you for supporting them this year acre station meat farm located highway 32 in pine town between washington in Plymouth. Give them a call at 252-927-3489. Acre Station Meat Farm open Monday through Saturday 6:30 to 6:30, Friday and Saturday until 7. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness.
5: That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget.
4: It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything.
5: Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council.
4: I'm here in the studio with Lance Clark of Bill Clark Homes, one of the largest home builders in Eastern Carolina. And much of the concentration has been right here in their hometown of Greenville and Pitt County. Lance, you guys have been doing this a long time.
2: Yes, we have, Henry, and I appreciate it. Uh, Last year we celebrated our 40th anniversary, which we're
4: extremely proud of, and we are and have
2: always been family-owned and operated.
4: Lance, uh, tell us why a homeowner would choose Bill Clark Homes to build their home.
2: Well, one thing that we do that we're really proud of is we like to make the customer part of the process. We have our own design department where we draw our own plans so you can modify and make the house the way you would like it. And another thing is we have a one-stop shop design center with two professional decorators to guide you through that process.
4: So Lance, what's the price range that you focus on at Bill Clark Homes? Right now, our houses are from 160 all the way up to
2: 500,000, and we have those houses in most school districts all around Greenville and Pitt County.
4: For more information, contact BillClarkHomes.com. Get the latest
3: on the East Carolina Pirates each day on The Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94 3, the game. Welcome
1: back to the Patrick Johnson Show on this college football playoff New Year's edition. Beat babies rocking New Year's, I like to call it. And uh, the Hall of Fame Finals were released yesterday, late yesterday, and uh, Steve Smith surprisingly didn't make it to the finalists despite the fact that guys like Andre Johnson, Torrey Holt, and Reggie Wayne did not have better stats than Steve Smith, and they got through so it left a lot of debates on the table about whether who should get in or should not get in. And uh, we're just going to run through the list here. Uh, we're going to read them out, and we'll each state our case for whether or not we think these guys deserve to be in or not. Hey, let's kick it off with a former Panther here, uh, Jared Allen, who was on that Super Bowl 50 team, uh, defensive end, played for Kansas City early in his career, probably had his prime years in Minnesota, you could probably say. It's debatable between back end of the Chiefs and uh, – Minnesota, then had a little short stint there with the Bears and then the Panthers, is Jared Allen a Hall of Famer?
0: He was one of my favorite pass rushers growing up. Yeah. So I'm going to go yes.
1: You know, I I think so. I don't think he deserves again. I believe he's first ballot this year. I don't think he needs to get in first ballot. Um, there was a little bit of a period there where you could argue maybe he was the best pass rusher, but it didn't last for a significant amount of time, I feel like. I would don't remember Jared Allen being like the guy for more than a three-year period in my personal opinion. Actually, I take that back. Looking at his stats, he definitely was. Um, had a few modest years in between every once in a while, but a four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, yeah, I just don't think first about
0: it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We'll, 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 to go through these guys quick here. Uh, next is Willie Anderson off of the tackle since he and then he was on the Baltimore championship yeah. team. To be quite
1: Detroit. honest with you, not too familiar with him. Yeah, uh, kind
0: of the same. I think w- that was the y- age where we were too young to know who the good offensive linemen were. Yeah. You know, if he uh if he would came around more on this time, we'd probably have a side. So just, I just don't feel comfortable saying either way.
1: The next one is Ronde Barber, despite the fact that I hate him in the broadcast booth. Um, Rondae Barber, does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I, I don't think so, dude. Like, I, not not, not at all.
0: I wouldn't say not at all. I thought he was really good. I mean, obviously he had that signature, like, pick six to send him to the Super Bowl yeah. in Philly. I think he was darn good.
1: Could but you I, argue I, I, in his time he was the best corner in the league?
0: I mean, there's plenty of guys who weren't. I mean, you could never argue that, you know, probably – I don't – there's got to be some other guy who – I mean, look at it, a running back who would be a Hall of Famer right now that played yeah. with Adrian Peterson his whole career. I can't yeah. right now. Like, So I wouldn't say at any time they have to be the best at their position, but still, yeah, I, I don't know. I would go no for Rondé.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go a no there. Um his accolade, Super Bowl champ, five-time pro Bowler, three-time all-pro, and he made the all-decades team in the 2000s. I'm still going to have to go no there. Moving on, we got Tony Baselli here. Uh, tackle for the Jaguars um, for a significant period of time. I say yes. I, I was a guy during this time you could argue was probably the best at the tackle position is between him and maybe a couple other guys. Um, I think despite the fact – I think that what really kills him in the argument is the fact that he was on the Jaguars, to be quite honest with you.
0: Well, I think what kills him is his rather short career. Yeah. You did. know, he played uh, seven years in Jacksonville, then went to Houston – and got hurt, and that was the end of it. Yeah. So I think he's kind of one of those guys, it's like, if you think Megatron and Luke Keekley should be in.
1: If you think Patrick Willis should get in. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Other guys that are really good with short careers, then yes. If you think, you know, oh, guys who retired early, you can't prove they'd have been good over the next five years, and you don't think those guys should get in, then I just think Baselli's kind of in that same. That yeah, same absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the next guy, safety for Green Bay back in the day, Leroy Butler. Um, this is another guy. Obviously, I'm familiar with him, but I've never watched him that closely. Um, I, I'm going to go no comment on this one because, just quite frankly, I haven't seen a lot of Leroy Butler. Chill, chill. you're our Green Bay expert. <laughs> Are you familiar with Leroy Butler? I'm
2: going to be honest with you. That it, The name sounds familiar, but I – I can't recall like watching him play much.
1: His career ended when I was born, so I, I no comment here. But this is another case where his career was rather short and ended pretty early. Um, got in the league when he was 22, and then got out when he was 33. Only a 10-year career there. So um, during his time, uh, wasn't doesn't seem like looking at the stat sheet, he was the most dominant safety. He had some periods there where he was kind of modest, and then he would bounce back and have unbelievable seasons. And then kind of go back to a pretty solid pedestrian kind of safety season. So, I, I'm going to go no looking at the stat sheet here.
0: Yeah, I don't know enough about him either. So. No. uh Next is is arguably the greatest punt returner or kick returner of all time in Devin Hester. And I, I, we already kind of hit on this, so I'm just going to make this one quick. I'm going yes for Devin yeah. Hester.
1: I don't think – yeah, I, I think it's undeniable. Um, unanimously, he should get in first ballot. He's the very best at that position arguably, so – the very best he position, yes.
2: Oh yeah, man. As a Packer fan, man, many times, many times I was nervous. I was always praying that we punt it out of bounds. Kick
0: the ball out of bounds. It's like when the Giants kicked the ball to Deshaun Jackson. All you had to do was punt the ball out of bounds. But uh quick we're gonna take a little quick break in this, the Hall of Fame talk and talk about what's going on is the second half has resumed and Cincinnati did receive the second half opening kickoff. They are starting to drive down the field. Been doing it mostly the way of the past, but they have ran the ball a couple times. drum uh, Ford does have two touches on this drive. Desmond Ritter also scrambled once for a solid gain. Currently, the uh, Bearcats have the ball second down and one on the Bama 26. Uh, it's just over three minutes into the half here. We're going to snap here momentarily. It's a fake smoke screen left, and Ritter with the keeper. He'll get about two and a half yards there. Pick up the first down inside the 25. Anyways, and so on to our next, uh, on to our next uh, guy. Or do we need to? Well, well, actually, we'll take a commercial break and do the second half of that um, Hall of Fame list and wrap up the show after this timeout.
3: The pitch. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. That ball is gone flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game. At Union Bank, we understand you live life on the go. That's why our banking options are designed to serve you wherever you are. Meet with us in person at one of our local branches, complete banking tasks on the go from the mobile app, or bank from your office with convenient remote deposit and cash management services. Whether you're managing a busy schedule or an entire business, we're right there with you with helpful tools. Call or visit us online at unionbanknc.com. At Union Bank, we're Everywhere you need us to be. Union Bank, member of FDIC and equal housing lender.
2: Skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community
5: and also the Army National Guard. Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing, engines running, and in every other trade needed to accomplish the mission. These soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you, too, can learn a trade profession by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. Sweet strawberry icing. You were strolling along in goodwill when just past that mid-century side table and denim jacket, you spotted them, nestled in their display case. Miniature donut earrings. Oh, yes! Yes! Your favorite half-breakfast pastry, half-all-day dessert food, made into your favorite form of ear candy. Oh, my. Those bejeweled sprinkles have satisfied some unknown hunger within you. Shh! Do you smell that? That's the sugary scent of shopping success. For this is Goodwill. And with every item you buy, you fund local job training and more. So go forth. Bring home those donut earrings. And bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. An important message from Byram Healthcare. If you live with diabetes, you know how challenging and painful it can be to manage your blood sugar. With private insurance, Medicare or Medicaid, that can all change. If you test your blood sugar four or more times a day and inject insulin three or more times a day, you may qualify to receive at little or no cost, less copays and deductibles, a continuous glucose monitor providing blood sugar readings with no uncomfortable finger sticks. It alerts you in real time to potential spikes with your blood sugar levels. Byram Healthcare is a leading U.S. provider of continuous glucose monitors. We carry most major brands and will work with your insurance to get your benefits approved. So if you have diabetes, call a
3: U.S.-based Byram Healthcare specialist now and see if you qualify. 800-914-2037. 800-914-2037. 914 2037 That's 800-914-2037 happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the p-man happy hour for me never starts
5: till after five me this is only number three
3: let's get back to the patrick johnson show here on 94.3 the game the flagship station of the ecu pirates
0: welcome back into the patrick johnson show philip hilkington here with b-baby ben byram and chill phil The Cincinnati Bearcats just trimmed the Crimson Tide lead down to just 11 with a field goal. The Kind of the unrestly thing about this is that the Bearcats only have 132 yards and 116 of those have come on their two drives in which they've kicked a field goal. So they've been having boom or bust drives. So 16 yards outside of those two drives that they have had to settle for field goals on. But right now we are talking about NFL Hall of Famers. The finalist ballot came out. We've got through about half of them, and we only have about seven minutes left on the show, so we're just going to run through these last few right quick.
1: Yeah, next is Torrey Holt. Tory Holt was always an anomaly to me when it came to the Hall of Fame because he's been on the ballot for about three years now. And Isaac Bruce, if I'm not mistaken, got in as a first ballot Hall of Famer and Tory Holt didn't. He's on the ballot every year and doesn't get in. And I always felt like Tory Holt was better, in my personal opinion, than Isaac Bruce. Obviously, he didn't have a long, as long as a playing career, but I always felt like Torrey Holt, in terms of ability and looking at the numbers during his uh, tenure, was better than Isaac Bruce. So that was always kind of puzzling to me.
2: I agree. I'm, I'm a yes for Tory Holt. No, absolutely, man. I remember as a five-year-old kid – I'd have Torrey Holt on my fantasy team. The amount of points he'd get me. Man, absolutely. <laughs> Moving
1: on, we got Andre Johnson. I'm going to go no here.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he had spurts.
0: Yeah. But I don't think he was consistent enough for a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's a legend for the
2: Texans. Legend, uh, he was a pioneer for the Houston Texans, but probably not Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, you, you got to put it into perspective. The Texans only been around since 03, and he's the go to the Texans for what that's worth. I mean, you're talking like Matt Schaub's up there, JJ J. Watt, and I don't hit on JJ. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I mean, it's slim pickings when it comes to goat of the Texans. So
0: next we got Sam Mills. Uh, I know he's Panthers royalty, but I'm going now.
1: Yeah, it, it it feels like we're being a little bit disrespectful. I get the impact he had on our franchise, and um, his story is a great story. But um, his playing career and his prime did not last very long. And I still think his prom wasn't warranted enough to be in the Hall of Fame conversation. Um, respectfully, I'm going to have to say no. Uh, right. Chillfield right. says no.
0: <laughs> and moving on, we have Richard Seymour, defensive end and tackle for the Pats during their first Super Bowl run, then moved over to the Raiders. I really liked Richard Seymour. I think he was huge. In those th- three Super Bowls they won there in 01, 03, 04, I'm going to go yes.
1: Yeah, I'm going yes. He was kind of the first big player piece that the Patriots, again, when they started going on their dynasty run, um, he was kind of a corner piece early on in that dynasty. I'm definitely going yes there. I agree with Ben. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to Zach Thomas, who's been very debatable and kind of been controversial, not necessarily for anything he's done off the field, but more so him showing up on the ballot. And it's just kind of been – he's been very polarizing on these bouts the past few years. People can't decide whether he's Hall of Fame worthy or not. Um, where do we start, boys? Who wants to go first? Because this one's tough for me.
0: I say if can't decide, that should speak for it. I really liked him. I thought he was a great player. Hall of very good, not Hall of
1: Fame. Yeah. Um, didn't last very long in the league. Um, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like he was only in the league for – Thirteen little... years.
0: I, Thirteen years.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, his, his prom didn't last very long. I don't remember seeing him play much, so I can't really comment on this yeah, one. Yeah, I mean he's in his prime he's comparable to like maybe a Luke Keekly, but uh he didn't has a, as many good years, consistently like unbelievable great years as Luke Keekly. So I'm going no there.
0: And moving on to Demarcus Ware. I, I, I say yes.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I think he, he's probably first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Just thinking off the top of my head, he's got to be up there in the sacks list. He's got the Super Bowl rings. Uh, he was dominant over a long period of time. He was among the best at his position over a long period of time. I'll go yes there when it comes to DeMarcus Ware. Maybe. Just maybe. I really don't know. But I'll, you know what? I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of the same way with Chill Phil there. It's like I just wasn't quite sure when it comes to DeMarcus Ware. And um, looking at the stats here, just kind of thinking back, yeah, I mean, he's top ten on the sacks list. He's top ten in about every list you want to see your great defensive ends on so and great uh, edge rushers on. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to have to go yes there.
0: Um, this should be short
1: analysis, this next guy.
0: Reggie Wayne, Peyton Manning's all-time
1: favorite target. I'm going to say no. Really? No, absolutely not. Oh, you're crazy, Ben. Back me up, chill. I'm going no there.
2: I honestly didn't hear what name you said. Reggie Reggie Wayne. Wayne. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What is Ben on? I'm I'm going Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning,
1: man. First of all, his favorite target was Marvin Harrison. Get out of here, dude. Marvin Harrison was way better than Reggie Wayne. No. Oh, by far. Dude, at
0: one time, they had like the most yards combination between any quarterback and receiver.
1: I'm pretty sure Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning had the most touchdowns by a quarterback and a wide receiver, which is what I'm worried about here. And uh, looking at the numbers here, he consistently was putting up a thousand yard receivers, a thousand yard receiving seasons. What looks like for a period of about five years here, and then he kind of fell off a cliff. And before that, he wasn't much of anything before that run. So I'm going nuts.
0: One year he had Curtis Painter throwing in the ball though. I mean, Well that when he fell off that cliff, I mean,
1: you go right. catch the ball from Curtis Painter. All right, my argument is Steve Smith, who did he have throwing the ball to him during his career? Oh, Smithy should be in guys. too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't see I, I I I don't think Reggie Wayne is on the level of a Steve Smith, in my personal opinion. I think Steve Smith is clearly better. And uh I I, I I there was never a time to me, in my personal opinion, where I thought Reggie Wayne was arguably the best receiver in the league.
0: All right. Well, next we got Child just said we got two minutes. We had to wrap this up. Next, uh, we have two 49ers left Patrick Willis and Bryant Young. I'm going yes, Willis, no Young.
1: Yeah, I'm going no Young. I'm going to say yes on Willis because that's the best chance for Luke Keekley to get in the Hall of Fame. They have very similar careers, didn't last very long, but uh, both have very similar careers on the stat sheet, very similar tenure. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go yes on Willis just because I want Keekley to get in. And Keekley is kind of the most similar to Willis. I say no on both. Wow. All right then. Might be a little harsh, but that's just me. Is
2: is
0: it a tenure thing for you and Patrick Willis, or was he not good enough in your opinion when he was on the field?
2: Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't remember seeing like Hall of Fame worthy, but I mean he, he was a great player. But I think
1: he definitely when he was playing and like he was definitely a Hall of Fame caliber player. Just the problem was was his tenure. His tenure didn't last very long due to injuries, much like Luke Kuechly. And uh, I mean. That defense, those 49ers defense in the early 2010s and the late 2000s were no joke, and that was partly, not partly, it was mainly due because of Patrick Willis was just so great um, on that kind of back-end front seven there. So, yeah, I'm easily going Patrick Willis. Got to be a Hall of Famer, just the only thing holding him back was he didn't last very long in the league.
0: Yep, well, that is our Hall of Fame uh, talk for today. And right now, live update on what's going on in the college football playoff. Bama leads Cincinnati 17-6 to with 7.03 remaining in the third quarter. Cincinnati has the ball on their own 29. They're about to start a drive. Right now, Bama out, gaining in yards. Cincinnati 323-132. to They are... Uh, only outpassing them 130-92 to with the big discrepancy is in that rush game, Bama, with 193 rushing yards. That'll do it for the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Philip Pilkington for Ben Byram and Chill Phil. Happy New Year, everybody.
5: My husband, Alex Hussey, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan.
0: I was playing man on foot patrol, and I stopped on the bomb. Lost in legs and left hand in an explosion.
5: And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. Yes.
3: As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there.
5: There are so many mountains to climb, and we do it together.
3: With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small.
5: Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life changing.
3: DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year.
5: Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget.
3: With the right support, there are no limits.
5: To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home.
3: This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Battles
4: aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself.
3: This is a physical training effect!
4: Promises to one's community. Healthy people move to free out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won.
3: RHD HD1 Farmville, Washington, Greenville, Crystal Clear FM Sports Talk 24/7 365. Unless we forget to pay the power bill. 94.3 The Game.